0: The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407-790-9957 or visit wesellorlando.net. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. What's happening? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Just I breathed breathe. breathe. breathe right into it. <laughs> Three. <two. sighs> Welcome to the black. Yeah,
1: wow, we're off to a great start.
0: Welcome to the Black and Gold Bannerhead Podcast. My name is Jeff Sharon. Along with we got a full complement in the house. We got Brian Murphy. We got Eric Lopez. We got a lot to talk about here. Even though we're you know eyeball deep in uh, in spring uh, in, in spring sports, um, lots to go over here. As uh, both UCF baseball and softball, we're in UConn. And uh well well one of you was in the snow, right? Uh, Lopez, was it really I know we're gonna no, talk about this no, more. No, no. no? Wasn't wasn't what no, it was all built there. up. Oh you uh, weren't there? Okay.
2: No, I was not there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was not there. Are you glad you weren't there? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean Connecticut snow, early April. I mean, well we'll talk about this a little bit more in a second. We got um lots to talk about there. Um, we also uh, we got a guest for uh, today's show. Todd Dagenet, head volleyball coach, joins me to talk about uh, his team's uh, international trip, uh, which they are taking to Puerto Rico uh, this summer, uh, and it's turned kind of into a a big um, you know fundraising um, and uh, and and charity um, uh, effort on the part of UCF volleyball to help the folks who are still in Puerto Rico who are still. Um, trying to, you know, surviving day by day in the, in the months now after Hurricane Maria. So um, lots to talk about there. We'll catch you up on the other spring sports as well. Don't forget, you can hit us up at com It's where we post all of our latest content for all UCF sports. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash banneret. and on Twitter. UCF underscore banner at Brian's at spokes underscore Murphy. Eric's at Eric Lopez. Elo. I'm at Jeff underscore Sharon, and you can po- uh, You can download this podcast. If you don't already on a Google play, Apple podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and tune in. Tell your friends, leave a comment. Let us know what you think, especially now with the hot takes that are going to be flying coming out of this past weekend, UCF baseball and softball. Both uh, were up in stores, Connecticut at UConn uh, this weekend. We'll start with baseball. Uh, they had a Saturday noon game, and then uh, they went a doubleheader on Sunday, um, starting at eight thirty a.m. on Sunday. So the Knights come off of this UConn um, road trip. They won the first game ten eight on Saturday. They lost both games in the doubleheader six to two in the first game, which was played at eight thirty in the morning, and then the second game is scheduled for eleven a.m. They lose seven uh, to six in that game. Um, so. You know you look at the situation they're obviously a disappointing conclusion since UCF is now four and five in the conference even though they're 23 and 11 overall um, but the story from this uh, series was uh, the weather and uh, even though you know it was in the 30s it was windy um, the snow obviously wreaked havoc with the schedule Murph you followed this the entire thing what what in the world happened here
1: well, they played games that are on the schedule, and uh, <laughs> I assume I assume that the schedule makers thought that possibly uh, stores, Connecticut, in early April would be moderately temperate and not uh, basically Antarctica North. Uh, but that's sort of what happened, where you had a baseball game being played in the twenties. And you know, Love Lady said before, during the you know, day, that, mind you. <laughs> yes, this was during the afternoon. This was right. not at night because they can't play at night because they don't have lights in the stadium in Connecticut. Oh, well,
2: by the but way, yeah, yeah, yeah way. that's like
0: that's like beside the wait point. Second, that's why second, we... wait, it, they don't have lights in their baseball stadium. No, 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 they don't. No, no, they don't. Yeah. That's why, actually, that's how did actually I not Marfles know
2: this? Though. I don't know, yeah. but I, I, I knew this. I was there two years ago with softball, and I saw baseball stadium and the softball stadium are next to each other. Neither of them have lights. That you is astounding. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason, part of the reason, uh, and this is where I'll defend UConn, they, both teams don't play a lot of home games because of the weather. So the, a lot of times they're playing on the road for the first month or two, so they're don't have you know they probably limited on home dates, and so they don't invest in it, uh, in lights. The problem with that is... You're supposed now you're going to play afternoon games. And you know, Murph brings up the Saturday, the, the Saturday doubleheader. That was mm-hmm. a wild game. That first game was a wild game. I listened to the game. Uh, Mark was calling yeah. the game online. It's I was like listening 10 I think to the in the
0: innings, you, by the way.
2: Yeah. I think you yeah. and me, Murph, were listening to the game at the same time because I know we were taught, we were kind of talking on social media during the game. Yes. And it was a, w- a wild game. UCF made like five airs they made this incredible comeback they were down eight to four in the what was it, in the ninth inning Murph with one out were, I think it they was, were
1: down they were down eight to four with two out and men on the yep. corners and t- and tied it up wow yep and then so they win the game
2: they send it to extra ratings. they win the game they've got all this momentum and they decide yeah we can't play because we have no lights so instead of trying to and there, and I remember the clock. I'm like, and I remember I told Murph on social media, "Hey, I think they probably have about two hours, maybe, of daylight to get this next game in. At least get a majority of the game in." And as I said that, I was listening on the uh, the broadcast, and I hear the PA guy make the announcement in Connecticut. There's no more baseball, <laughs> and they rescheduled it for a doubleheader at eight thirty in the morning. Mind you, the this game on Saturday ended like at three thirty. What was it like four o'clock? Murph, five, close yeah, to like five. four.
1: The like four thirty was supposed to like start again like five fifteen or something like right. that. Yeah, the the,
0: the eight thirty a.m. game, they they shortened it to seven innings, and that enabled it. So they were they were done with it in two and a half hours. The final of that was six to two UConn. So then they played nine in uh, for that eleven thirty. They played nine innings in the eleven thirty game um, on Saturday, and that game lasted three hours and twenty seven minutes. So. So it was so it ended around 3 p.m., which, you know, at, at that point, you know, you're still in the way it's the the weather report. By the way, they, they always put the little weather and I love UCF is getting really kind of kind of cheeky with some of these. Um, I, the, the weather report for this was windiest place on Earth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Snark. No, I believe it. I believe it. I've been up there. And by the way, you mentioned the game ended around three o'clock the bottom of the ninth was the last inning they were going to play regardless because UCF had to fly out, get out to Boston to fly mm-hmm. out of there. Right. So that game was, Which, by the way, the is, no
0: easy, is no easy trip from Storrs, Connecticut to Boston.
2: Of course not. Course not. It's, it's absurd. So my issue is, and I'll defer to Murph after this, I think UCF got hosed on a many levels in this, but number one, I think if they play that second game on Saturday, it's a completely different series because UCF had all the momentum. UConn burned out its closer in its bullpen. I think they would have had the momentum. Instead, they, the momentum was shot. UConn was able to recover, not to mention you're playing in non-baseball. Baseball was not invented. When whoever created baseball, and I don't know who the heck invented baseball, but whoever invented baseball, I don't think had in mind, hey, let's play in 30-plus degree weather with wind blowing, all right? I don't think that's. Baseball conditions. Uh, I could be wrong on that, Murph. You it's, tell not condition. it's not
1: baseball conditions. It's not baseball conditions. And and by the way, I, I know who invented baseball. The name is the name is escaping me right now. It's not Abner Doubleday who is often credited, but it's definitely not Abner Doubleday. So I know that the even first baseball
0: there. game was took place in Hoboken, New Jersey.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, see, see. And now I'm trying to figure it out as I scour the
0: internet. yeah, Elysian, Elysian, uh-huh. yeah it was at Elysian Fields. Um, yeah. Hang on, we're gonna get this anyway. <laughs> yeah, or, see anyway, now, carry see, on. now
1: we're now we're down rabbit holes. Yeah, now now we really carry on. Now we are um So no, I think the issue with the the UConn series, uh, you're probably right if they get that game in because not only does it sort of halt any momentum that UCF might have had, but that eight thirty a.m. game, uh, the the first game, the second game of the series the, on Sunday, that was a game in which UCF committed seven. Count them oh. seven errors. Oh, man! In a in a in a six two loss. Now the weather report for that was thirties and clear, but I'm going to guess it was a little below thirties, maybe thirty. I've heard that it was probably wind chill in the twenties. And uh, yeah. talking to talking to Greg Lovelady today, uh, he said that he doesn't think he said on the record he doesn't he doesn't know whether or not they should have been playing that series. Which will tell you right now, he doesn't think they should have been playing that series. Hmm. And he's got a point because, you know, there are some conferences, uh, major conferences, where if the temperature drops below a certain level, I think uh, the Big Ten stops at 40. Once the temperature gets yep. below 40 for a Big Ten game, they stop playing. Um, hmm. So so for them to play, obviously it's a home field advantage for UConn because those kids can live in that weather, but it, it certainly hurt the Knights and he attributed those errors they made 12 in two games up there at UConn. That's incredible. Uh, he attributed those errors to basically nothing but the cold. We have talked a lot about this team's defense and their mistakes in the field. Um, but they were clean against Miami on Wednesday night. And those 12 errors in two games, the first two games against UConn, he said we're, we're purely due to the conditions, the kids not handling it. And although he has talked about, you know, the kids need to handle if they want to play in the pros, they need to handle playing in fall weather and October weather. But this was different. This was, uh, this was beyond the wall almost. So, you know, and,
2: and Murph and Murph, here's the thing. Cause it's funny how people are like, well, both teams played in those conditions. No, first of all, you can't duplicate that. You can't practice yeah. that. It's not like when you're used to playing in 75 degree weather and 80 degree weather, uh, you can't duplicate that. It's just not, it's not possible. Um, mm-hmm. number two, Anybody that's played in cold baseball, that is brutal. Like the the you know the bat, you know their hands. You can't get a grip on the ball. Uh, I think that caused actually Murph. If you remember in that in the last game of that series, I thought it was uh, where UCF kind of lost control pitching wise. What well, was it? A wild pitch walk off? I guarantee yeah. you, part of that was. Losing the grip of the ball, because if you're not used to playing in the cold, the ball is diff- feels different. I, I've known this from talking to baseball players and softball players. It has absolutely a huge impact. And uh, it mind boggles me that we're letting student athletes participate in, a, in, in, in college baseball games and college softball games in 30-degree weather, uh, risking health. And I'm not being dramatic about this. I mean, there are certain – you can get pneumonia. You can get sick real easily if you're not careful. Uh, I understand professionals play in that kind of conditions, but they get paid a lot of money. Uh, college players don't. I thought it was a joke that the series got played. Um, and I thought, I, to me, i t- I throw it out. I would actually, what I would do, I would put, not an asterisk, but I would put a snowflake next to that, <laughs> that series. Each <laughs> result, put a little snowflake if I was running the uh, media guide and just remind them, oh, well, there's a snow asterisk there, basically. It's what I would do. It's unfortunate. And I agree. I think the league, I do agree with the, the Big Ten, for crying out loud, which is a Midwest conference, they're used to this weather, has a weather, uh, what was it, 40 degrees
1: or whatever 40. it is? Yeah, rolling. 40 is the low. Yeah. If
2: they have a rule, maybe, uh, maybe others should follow. Maybe the league should follow as well. And yeah, it might be a good idea, to Murph's earlier point, might be a good idea to schedule UConn home games. Instead of having home games back-to-back-to-back
1: to back to back in April, maybe a back second half of the year would be the worst and, thing three quick points that are all sort of related to all of this. Joe Sheridan mm-hmm. walked six guys in his start. And although Joe's had a little a little problem with control and some starts, again, Coach Lovelady attributed those six walks to the fact that he couldn't feel he didn't, he didn't have a good yep. feel for his pitches. He literally yep. didn't have a good feel for his pitches. Um, and also, the, I think UCF has 22 games left. Uh, 19 of them are in the state of Florida. The other three are in Houston. So, mm-hmm. We're done with the snow. He also he also uh, wanted to say, Coach Lovelady used the phrase. I don't think it was. I don't think this is also uh, accidental. He used the phrase that the series against UConn snowballed on them. Uh, oh, Brewer, I like that. look at yes. that! He's a, yeah. he's a wordsmith. Cool. Now let me say this. Let me. I know it's
2: all negative here. There is one positive. The one positive they gain from this is UConn's a good team. And Jeff, you can speak to this. You've covered the baseball championships in Clearwater, which, mm-hmm. by the way, last I checked, Mark, Jeff, you can confirm. Not 30-degree weather in Clearwater when no. they play over there in, for the Bay. Okay. Um, Connecticut's a real good team. Coach Penders maybe is one of the most underrated coaches in the country considering the success he's had at Connecticut. So UCF benefited from an RPI standpoint playing that series. So I will say that in fairness. Uh, and UConn is a very good ball club. So let's not I, – I don't want to make it uh, that I'm discrediting the baseball team uh, for their performance and being a good team. That's a good team. That's a good team. A good team. And that was – that was a wild series, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it had a little bit of everything. And so um, I, th- I I would not panic. I would not flip out as far as what does this mean for the season. I kind of throw it out. I The NBA, if you follow the NBA, there, there's this term, a schedule loss, where a team maybe mm-hmm. sometimes is playing on a back-to-back one night and they're playing a team that's just fresh at home and they get blown out. Well, that's a schedule loss. I would qu- equate this series to a schedule loss. It's a... Playing up north in a bad weather in a bad time of year, that's a schedule loss.
0: Well, schedule loss or not, UCF right now is four and five in the league. And if you look at the baseball standings, they're third from the bottom. All right. So I guess my last thing on baseball, then we'll move on to softball. Murph, do we hit the big red panic button now?
1: No. And I know Jeffrey, Jeffrey has my, my
0: finger on the button.
1: I mean, he's already fired Aaron Boone. So he's pushing the panic button on the Yankees twelve games in, and I know you're ready to just smash the heck out of this panic button on UCF baseball. But you can like turn the phrase of like they're third from the bottom. They're also two games out of first. So smash that thing like like
0: the A button on a Nintendo controller.
1: Boy, just killing me. You just you just you're taking my heart out. Um, But I will say, so they come home uh, a really good win against Miami. Not a great win from a like a you know an RPI standpoint, but it's nice to beat Miami and and all in the fact that. The, that game, they played really well in three phases. They pitched really well. Free friend frock uh, was fantastic for five innings. The bullpen was great. Bryce Tucker celebrated the, the last out of the game by basically headbutting Logan Heiser. It was pretty phenomenal. Um, and now they get a chance to play Cincinnati, um, who is not great RPI-wise, second worst in the American. But Cincinnati is tied with Houston at the top of the AAC standings at six and three, uh, UCF four and five. So again, there's two games separating the top the 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 top team in the conference and the team that's tied for next to last in the conference um it'll be an interesting weekend uh i want to see if joe sheridan can control his his walk rate again uh jj montgomery you know lovelady said jj montgomery has sort of broken through that that wall of you know dealing with longer outings now that he's out of the pen and into the starting rotation and dealing with his first major season in, in d1 college baseball how will he Respond. Uh, he was actually pretty good in Connecticut, and he was pitching in that game where they had a bunch of errors. Uh, if he had better defensive luck, he probably gets the win there. Uh, and Matthew Mike is hitting three ninety since his early season slump, and Rylan Thomas is bar none one of the best hitters in the country. He's OPSing about twelve hundred, uh, and it's it's phenomenal to talk to him. It's amazing because he just doesn't really care about the stats. He really just cares about winning, and he just up, he doesn't glow on himself at all. But man, those stats he's putting up are pretty phenomenal.
0: By the way, the uh, answer to the trivia question from earlier, um, who is the actual credited father of baseball and is not Abner Doubleday, the answer to that question is Alexander Cartwright. Mm-hmm. Ale- yeah, I mean, Alexander kinda, he Cartwright gets, for
2: five hundred. He kind of gets the shaft, right? Like James Naismith gets all the credit for basketball. Everybody knows James Naismith. Nobody ever knows the baseball guy. Why? Why do you think you're both are baseball well, guys? Why is that? Why?
0: Baseball was was an agglomeration of like of various different games that came over from Britain. And there was like there were like right. rules over here and rules that other people in Massachusetts played by. And um, Alexander Cartwright was the first one who really actually. Not that. published the rules of something recognizable as baseball uh, today. Whereas like J- James Naismith, like no one else, like invented basketball <laughs> elsewhere. I mean, he was the only guy <laughs> in the in the building and he wrote down the rules, you know, in Springfield. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. so, so, way,
2: so I think Richard Crippell right now, former professor at UCF, would be proud of you, Jeff, right now. Uh, by the way, I'm going to agree so. with Murph. I would agree. You know what UCF's baseball record was at this point last year in the conference?
0: No, go for it.
2: Five and four. Five and four. Yeah. Uh, they've actually were they started two and four and were getting blown out against East Carolina before they made a magical comeback. One game. So they were two and four, they won and it. He went just to improve to five and four. They swept East Carolina just to go to five and four in conference. And if uh, memory serves me right, things kinda turned out well at the end. So let's not panic. Uh, I think they'll be fine. Very interesting note, though, by the way, Murph, you're actually selling that My As strange as it sounds, I agree. Miami, which kind of one of the more underrated uh, stories is how far they have fallen off a cliff as a baseball program. They're about to miss the NCAA tournament for the second year in a row. Yeah. UCF's RPI, according to Warren Nolan, Warren Nolan uh, projects live RPI numbers. Actually, UCF went up to 53 mm-hmm. uh, following the Miami win. That went up 11 spots. That's huge. Uh, that's a real positive slate. I do think this Cincinnati series is critical because this is, you know, this is one of the bottom teams, quote unquote, in the league. Their RPI is not great. I think this is a series you have to win if you're, if you want to be serious about trying to chase down an East Carolina type or a Houston type to win the league. I think this is a must win series at home against Cincinnati. I will say that uh, and and get on track. But I thought I watched the Miami game on the bus actually back, coming back from Jacksonville at softball and, Boy, I, I I thought it was a clean game. Uh, the pitching was good. I, I think this this team has
0: still got its best baseball ahead of them. Well, like you said, yeah. though, they do have the three games coming up against Cincinnati, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, six thirty, six thirty, noon, at John Uliano Park. So that's a big uh, series coming up to so see if they can get back uh, back on track after um, after after the UConn um, after the after the Yukon mess and that four nothing win against Miami again. Really, a huge help. I can't believe we kind of like, sk- <laughs> kind of like <laughs> skated over that. But you know, you go down to Coral Gables and beat Miami. Still, that's going to raise some eyebrows. So, um, Cincinnati coming up in this three game set uh, in conference. So that's going to be key coming up. All right. Coincidental to baseball, softball was also at UConn uh, this past uh, this past weekend, and they also dropped two out of three. Now they had a doubleheader on Saturday that they split um winning 8 to 3 and then losing 11 to 3 and then they lose the rubber game on Sunday 5 to 1 Elo you were paying attention to what was going on over there S- similar situation I'm guessing also at softball no lights bad weather um and it turned out to and it, and it turned out I guess in the home team's favor didn't it
2: yeah, I mean everything we just said about the baseball series pretty much applies to the softball series. Softball didn't play good defensively either. There were more errors than they usually make. Uh, what a coincidence! Um, huh. Yeah, yeah, it's shocking development. You can't play defense. Wow, it's hard to catch a ball in yeah. thirty degree weather. You, you don't say. Um,
0: UConn, by the yeah, way, I, it, in fifteen and twenty four, two and seven in the American in uh, yeah. in softball, and they still well, that's the
2: unfortunate. Thing. Well, that's the unfortunate thing. Is yes, that hurts UCF from a resume standpoint because UConn, yeah. obviously, the numbers. Don't, although UConn did beat Texas A and M, who was nationally ranked, they beat them in stores, Connecticut. They got good young pitching. Well, for uh, it was again, you, you've got a young ball club. And let here's the thing: there's two seniors on that roster. There's probably I'll tell you exactly the, there was four. There's four players on that roster that was made the trip that was on the team two years ago when they went up to Stores, Connecticut and saw snow. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is the rest of this group went up there for the first time ever. They've never, most of them, and I've talked to most of them. I would say about nine out of 10 in that roster has never played in 30 degree weather and never seen snow. That's, it's easy to say, well, you got to adjust to the No, <laughs> a veteran team maybe can overcome that thing. A young team didn't. I was concerned. I warned you about this last week. And, uh, look, they, uh, we were right. The, the weather, the weather didn't help, and the doubleheader schedule didn't help. Alia threw the first game, uh, but she was not as sharp. And it's probably similar to what happened with Sheridan. She had grip issues. You're not. She's never seen that. She's never pitched in cold weather before. Uh, it's a different animal, and that's just the reality. And people could say it's an excuse, but no, it's not. Baseball is not supposed to be played in cold weather. Let me know when you've ever seen a great baseball game being played in 30-degree weather. It doesn't happen. Look, You want to know why the Yankees are struggling? It's not because they have bad players or bad managers, because they're playing in bad weather.
1: Right? Oh, I don't know about it. Well, hold on. Hold on. No, I don't know if we want to go there. I don't know if we want to go there. I think Jeff Jeff is already hung my, up. Jeff, just,
0: Jeff, Jeff keep, just hung up. I'm going to keep my mouth shut on this <laughs> one. Are you really going to throw Aaron Boone out after two I'm, weeks? I'm, yeah, I'm keeping my mouth the- shut. I oh. I know I know one thing if the boss was still alive he'd be he'd be throwing things.
1: Oh, if the boss was still alive, oh they would have fired this guy. Hey. Please. Wow. It it wasn't the cold weather. They they they've had a lot of injuries. The pitching hasn't been great. Jim Carlos Stanton and most of the lineup have have not done well other than other did than basically not, Aaron Judge. The, but
2: wait a, wait a minute, did you not watch the home openers against Tampa Bay? They were playing in a you know Winter Classic. I thought it was well, the Winter Classic. I thought the Rangers were going to play the home opener that night. Winter Classic.
1: That, that's that's not a good that's not a good example because they won both the games against the Rays because the Rays are awful. Oh, well, because, well, the Rays are a double
2: A <laughs> team,
0: so not, yes. the Durham Bulls could beat the Tampa Bay Rays right now. But um, Elo, it's. Despite these two losses, UCF is still 6-3 yeah. and three in the league, one game back of USF, which is really actually a bummer. They could be, in first, they could be all alone in first place right now if, if things had gone uh, a little bit differently. So a little bit easier lift to recover from this than baseball, though. No?
2: Well, they bounced back. I was there with them on Wednesday when they beat UNF. 5-3, uh, Aaliyah bounced back, got a good win. So, yeah, I mean, they, here's the thing. The American Conference, and we didn't mention this in the baseball side, they're the baseball is the fifth-best RPI. In college baseball, softball is number Mm -hmm. four in the sport. Um, So the point is, the reason I bring that up for both sides is there are still a lot of quality games to go here where both teams can really, you know, they're going to play themselves into postseason or play themselves out because they're going to get opportunities. And I think for softball, it starts this weekend. They're going to play a Memphis team that's in the 64 RPI range uh, that has beaten Ole Miss in their schedule. Uh from there, they're gonna have to go to Wichita State, who could be in a position to host. They're in the twenties in RPI. South Florida's in the thirties in RPI. I mean, this league top to bottom is strong. I think it's a three to four bid league. And that uh, the question will be it's a banged up UCF team. Again, I mentioned this, not excuse. It's a fact. They went up there and they had some na injuries that developed because of the weather in part. Uh so they're not a hundred percent health, and that's what I'll leave it as that. So they're going to get over that. Memphis is a tough team. It's going to be a big series. It's a big home series. I just like I said it is for baseball. I think it's a big one for softball because after this series they got to go to Wichita State. I'm talking conference games only. They got to go to Wichita State and then they got to go to USF right after that. And you can make the argument that those are the two best teams right there with Tulsa in the top of the league. So, this is a big series for them to kind of stay up there at the top and then take their shot with Wichita and USF on the road because uh, if you lose this series, now all of a sudden it's kind of like you're digging, you're kind of putting yourself back in the pack. So this is a big series. I think we'll learn a lot, see how they handle this. But I am concerned about the offense because they're a little banged up right now, and that, that's that got me concerned, and they're a little banged up in the pitching staff. So their depth is not as good right now at this hour. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they fare against Memphis. But again, lots of games to go. Top four RPI, you got a lot of quality games to go. It's going to be very – I think they got a shot here to still accomplish their goals, but it's it starts this weekend.
0: 60 RPI for UCF softball right now. Uh, their upcoming uh, schedule – where is it? There, I pulled it up. You know, after that 5-3 to three win over UNF, home for Memphis for three, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And this is a big weekend too, Elo, not just because of obviously, you know, you're trying to get back on track after – Losing to um, UConn, who had an RPI in the in the one hundreds, if I'm not mistaken, there. Um, but it's uh, alumni weekend coming up.
2: It is. Uh, there's a lot of the alumni are coming back this weekend. Friday night's game, Genation Hoster, you know very well. Jeffrey mm-hmm. will be throwing out the first pitch. Uh, Saturday, which I believe you're doing PA.
0: I'm doing PA uh, Friday and Saturday.
2: All right, good. So you'll get. Uh, I'm giving you an advance notice on this. It's because I wrote most of your script already. Uh, for, Good, <laughs> right? G- 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 Put it, know, in it in my Dropbox. But
0: we're when we're, we're done recording,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think Timmy, our marketing guy, has got it for you. I think I, I, me and him, him, he went on the trip to the UNF game, and him and I kind of ironed it out a little bit, along with the you know. So we took care of business. Uh, so Saturday, the two thousand eight Conference USA uh, championship team, the ten year anniversary, by the way. They will be honored before the game. They will be introduced separately from the current team per Jeff's request. <laughs> so they will be, now, uh, I now. believe, introdu- I'm, just throwing, I'm just stating facts. Uh, I believe, at least at this recording, things may tweak or be changed by the time you get to the ballpark. But I believe, as I've been told when I last uh, spoke to the company, is that the team will be the 08 team will be introduced following the Memphis team's introductions. Um, and then after the, int- the 08 team is introduced, then you'll introduce the current team. But a, a lot of the 08 team will be back um, as well as some of the staff members on the 08 team. But a lot of the alumni will be here as a whole um, the whole weekend Sunday. They're going to it's, a, it's just an 11 a.m. game now uh, will be uh, they're going to honor a lot of the alumni that aren't on the 08 team necessarily, although some of them are probably be included. Uh, will be introduced before the game as well. But that's going to be a cool deal. Allison Kime will be throwing out the first pitch on Saturday. Uh, I know she's excited about that. So it should be fun. It should be a lot of fun. And then I know that the alumni after the game on Saturday will be eating with the current team at the batting cage uh, afterwards. So it's going to be fun. It's great to always see the alums there. I know we've talked about how Greg Lovelady's kind of enthused the the alumni coming back to baseball, and I think you're seeing the same thing now at softball. We've had a good turnout of alumni where they've gone in road games, and uh, a lot of them, are, from what I understand, will be back uh, this weekend. So I think a lot of people are very excited about that. Should be a fun uh, fun week, week weekend from that standpoint.
0: Cool. Well, I know I'll be there. I know you'll be there, uh, and it's good to have the team back home in uh, in in above freezing weather for once. So uh, hey, what? I mean,
2: in normal weather, by the way, real
0: quick, real
2: quick. I know I do think at some point long-term here, because I hear UConn fans on message, social media, constantly complain. They don't have a rival in the league. They don't have, you know, they missed this to the big East days, yada, yada, yada. At some point I would say this. I think they're of all the schools in the league. They're probably the have been the least uh, embrace of the league. They've, that they, they've constantly complained about this at some point you got to accept reality, either fully embrace this or be quiet. And I think, uh, there at some point we have to, that has to be addressed. I think the, the, we can't have the stuff that happened last weekend at the baseball softball series. You either going to, I mean, we got two great leagues for baseball and softball. And I think in fairness, uh, they are building a new facility for softball up there in Connecticut, but I do think look fully either fully invest or don't, you know, or get out would be my advice.
0: Well that's easier said than done. I mean I it's you know that's that's well, like Well same. be quiet. That's like just the same argument then you know, well d- that they make about UCF football. We'll join a better league. Oh, okay. Man, we hadn't thought about that. Oh wait, yes we have. <laughs> well no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing.
2: The reality is this. I hate to break the news to you, UConn. You're never gonna be any good in football. Nobody's gonna care about your football program. So you have a choice to make. You could be really good, you're you're already good at basketball. You hope you are anyway, a meant with Dan Hurley. We'll see. Um Embrace baseball and softball. Or if you don't, then get out. That'd be my advice. Either embrace it or get out.
0: Get out. And go where?
2: Go back to the big East. Go to go to the Big East. Play your little basketball. And then, you know, go play your football where probably it belongs, like some other division, like Murph? The Mac. Uh
1: oh, what? I, I'm sorry. I <laughs> I I've I checked out there because I heard a man screaming, get off my lawn, you can get off my lawn. I mean, can you just impl- just a, a, we're in a really you're in a good league. Stop complaining,
2: is it, fans. Is it, is it the,
0: okay, is it UConn's fault that the fans feel that way?
2: Yes, partially. Yes, I why? do because I don't because I don't think they've done. I don't think they've they've kind of enabled that thinking. I think they've enabled that thinking. And Gino Ariemma has said that. I have. You've been there. He's talked about their fans being spoiled, how they complain when they don't beat a team by fifty. Yeah, but that's a whole
0: different reason why.
2: You know what? UConn fans and Yankee fans are a lot alike. They're spoiled brats how who at One manager's no. <laughs> how
1: dare you? <laughs> I mean, really, Eric? You? What have we ever done <laughs> to you well, I'm, to deserve? Okay, all okay. right.
0: I'm pulling. I'm pulling the managing you, editor you, card and saying gonna ta- we're going to take. We're going to take a break you, wait, right wait, now. Let me, let me ask you something, both of you.
2: How do you defend booing Giancarlo Stanton in his
0: home opener? How it's, do New you defend that? it's New I mean, York. It's New York. Don't don't four. strike out five times. It, it could, oh, you know man. you know how you know Eric, you know how it is. The minute he hits a home run, he everyone loves him. It's it's how about, it's how about all you or nothing with Yankee fans. What are we gonna do? This, sit on our hands? Now settle. it doesn't make it doesn't well, don't tell me to tell that. I'm not
1: the one who's trying to fire Aaron Boone. Um uh, <laughs> I mean I I mean this is, this, it doesn't I'm, make to live
0: with it, this the rest of the year, aren't
1: I? You are, absolutely. You're firing him five percent of the way into the season. Um you uh, it's not like it's not like booing Giancarlo Stanton is any less ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous. They booed him in, like, the eighth game of the year. And I know he's been bad, like, relatively. But, like, it is it is what it is. Like, it's it's stupid. It's it's asinine. It's ridiculous. And it's what they do. So I'm just going to sit here and let them do what they do. I'm going to let Philly fan try to run Gabe Kapler out of town after game one, all right? Because that's what they do as it's, well. It's, ri- it's ridiculous. It's it, stupid. It sounds- it's asinine. It's what they do. Do you want Gabe
2: Kapler fired as a Phillies manager, too?
0: No, I want I want them to keep him. Please keep 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 Gabe Kapler in Philadelphia. I beg you. I beg you.
2: Let me let me let me let me educate both of you and all Yankee fans about Giancarlo as someone who has followed him as a Marlins fan. He's always uh, bad. (laughs) He's bad He's always bad in April. He'll be fine, all right? Once the weather actually improves in New York, he'll start hitting. Here's, we're going full circle here. He hasn't played in good weather. He's not used to playing in those type of conditions because when he played in Miami, they had a dome. They played inside of a dome, basically. He'll be fine. Just give him a break. Settle down.
1: Who's right. Giancarlo Stanton? I haven't heard him since he was Michael Stanton. Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Yeah. Like, I don't watch him.
0: Oh, boy. All right. In the meantime, I'm going to frantically check the 10-day forecast for the Bronx. And uh, when we (laughs) return, uh, we're going to switch gears over to volleyball. Great conversation I had with Todd Dagenet this week, a head volleyball coach, uh, filling us in on the details of his team's uh, international trip. You get to do this once every four years. In the NCAA, and um, they're going to be heading out to Puerto Rico for a great cause. So uh, we have that coming up here in just a second. Stick around. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty. Sam Unger and his team proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. Sam is a proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, and he's such a dedicated Knight fan that right now, if you work with him as your realtor, he will donate a portion of his commission to the UCF Football Excellence Fund in your name. So if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, upgrade or downsize, Sam and his team have you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give them a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. Or visit on the web at wesellorlando.net. Again, that's wesellorlando.net. You can also reach them on Facebook at facebook.com slash wesellorlando. Get in touch with the Unger Real Estate Group today and make finding your dream home a reality.
1: And follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all new nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on. Now
3: back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast.
0: All right. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez, Brian Murphy with you. Facebook.com slash Black and Gold Banneret, Black and UCF underscore Banneret. on Twitter, and this gives us the opportunity to, ju- to, to, to ju- put in our breaking news drop. Here it is. Hilo, what do you crazy. got?
2: Big news. Obviously, as we record this on a Thursday night, the Big Three draft, which is a big three-on-three league run by Ice Cube, is doing their big draft. And with the 14th pick in the draft, the Ball Hogs. Yes, that's the team franchise name, the Ball Hogs which is uh, led by the player-captain Brian Scalabrini, by the way. This is and amazing. And John Children. select oh. Jermaine Taylor with the 14th pick. Jermaine Taylor, baby, it's going to be back and playing on the big three, which uh, most of their games are on FS1 and all that. So JT getting some basketball on the big three there this upcoming uh, summer here coming uh, up here in the big three league. He's
0: already I'm, – I'm already putting in um, – Put, putting him in uh in the running for the MVP of the league. I'm doing it right. So now.
1: By the by the way, have you seen like the draft? Like, did you look at like who else is drafted? Well, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty, seen. it's
0: pretty awesome. All right, well like, we got Bird Birdman, Chris Anderson, Birdman, Birdman was fourth.
1: He um, was the
0: fourth pick. Jason, Q Rich, Jason maxiel Q Rich, Ryan Hollins, Celine Stens. Stoudemire, Robert Robert Height from Miami. Remember him, Eric? Um, yeah, Marcus Banks, Mike James went. Bonzi Wells went 18th Bonzi, overall. Bonzi
1: Wells from the like Rashid Wallace, yeah, from Damon the, Stoudemire, Jermaine O'Neal
0: Blazers. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Gomes from uh, from Providence. Providence. Yep. Yeah. So Jermaine's actually, I think, some pretty interesting, uh, some pretty interesting uh, uh, company, and you know, for a guy who's, you know, he. he he could. He's good enough, you know, young enough where he could dominate the league if he can score. Oh, he's scores, in great right? shape. I mean, I, he'll flourish. He'll flourish. I mean, Andre Emmett, now former I'm gonna, Texas
2: Tech now number I'm two watch. pick, and, over.
0: and he was up at the draft. By the way, they televised the draft on FS1. I see that, and he was good for there. him. So, um, so this is boy. I, I actually, I'm really intrigued by this. I'm really intrigued to see. Um, to, to see how this is going to turn to see how this is going to turn out for him. So, right. so happy for Jermaine, really happy for Jermaine. He does. He deserves to, to get as many opportunities as he can possibly get. So, and you know, and in the, in, in basketball, a job's a job. So i yeah. so we're happy for him. So there's our breaking news on Jermaine Taylor. All right. Uh, let's switch over to volleyball. I uh, had a great conversation with, uh, Todd Dagenet. He's going to be our interview tonight. Um, Todd, uh, his team gets NCAA rule state that your, your volleyball teams can do an international tour once every four years. And uh, this year, 2018, the team is raising funds to go to Puerto Rico from June 23rd to July 3rd. Um, they've got, uh, th- There's links on UCFNights.com. Todd's going to go into the details here, but this is more than just a volleyball tour. This is uh, a humanitarian mission, basically, that they're about to go on. Um, and uh, and Todd has the details. So um, we're going to have uh, we're going to give you some more information on how you can help in uh, in a little bit. But uh, let's go right to the interview. So here is my interview uh, yesterday. This was recorded on Wednesday with UCF's head volleyball coach, Todd Dagenet. Joining me now is head coach Todd Dajenay of UCF volleyball as uh, his nights are getting are gearing up and raising funds for their 2018 international tour out to Puerto Rico, planned for June 23rd to July 3rd, and they're finishing up spring training right now. Coach, how's it going?
3: It's going really well, Jeff. Thank you. How are you doing?
0: Doing good. Good talking to you again. I know it's... uh you know, we, we the spring volleyball has sort of become a little bit of a bigger deal, I think, year by year. How has the spring gone to this point? You guys have played a few matches, uh, showed out showed out pretty good against USF. You got one more against Florida Southern coming up. Uh, how's everything looking at this point in the season?
3: Yeah, it does. Spring changes every year based on the personnel. The more experienced you are, the more challenging and the more complex you get with your systems and, you you know, how much you open up your playbook. And then... Like we are right now, we're still a very young team, and we're still trying to work on technique and individual skill level and things along those lines. And so this spring really has been about the individual player, not so much about system, um, not so much about starters and non-starters. It's just been about trying to develop individual skill level of play to collectively try to put together this summer and this fall as we move forward. So you've got
0: the – as you finish up here – yeah, to give the players obviously some time off and then it's time for this uh, summer tour. You've been going around, uh, you know, kind of touting this and uh, this is, uh, the NCAA says that you can do these kinds of things about once every four years. So just give us the lay of the land of how these international tours work for college volleyball teams.
3: Well, it's a great opportunity for players to experience parts of the world, you know, like a normal student uh, can do. But... Uh, the plan this year really was to try to go to Europe uh, go experience the wonderful culture over there. Um, Slovenia, Slovakia, Hungary, Italy, and, and play matches over there. Um, we just uh, signed uh, a player from Puerto Rico. And when I was down there recruiting her and watching her and staying in a really nice part of the island, Um, Miramar and to still see the devastation from the hurricanes that hit last fall. And that was in the nice area. And as you drive around to areas that I remember being vibrant and, you know, uh, bustling and, and just to see the damage uh, that was in those areas. And then I decided, you know, I just want to see for myself. And I jumped in the, in the rental car and I drove, you know, about, nine, 10 kilometers, five miles, something like that. And to see the just utter devastation to the infrastructure, to houses that were completely leveled. Um, it was, Jeff, I can't, I can't describe it. I just can't describe the pits in the stomach that I felt when I saw families living in tents and knowing summer was coming and there was no water, no food, no electricity. Um, I can't even imagine you know uh, what they're living. You know what that, what that, what that's like living in in that kind of situation. So yeah. I, instead of taking the team to Italy, I thought you know this is a great opportunity. You know the UCF Athletic Department does such a great job with their Nice Without Borders program and reaching out and doing community service and recognizing our neighbors that are out there. I think you know I think of Orlando's being you know. UCF's hometown team, UCF's hometown team for Orlando. And there's so many Puerto Ricans here in the, the metro Orlando area and surrounding areas. And I thought, you know, this is really our calling. This is, this is what we need to do. We need to go down to Puerto Rico and do what little drop in the bucket that we can do to help. And so all of a sudden, a trip to Italy became a trip to Puerto Rico. And sure, there's going to be a great competition component because we're going to have an opportunity to play their national team and a couple of their college teams. Um, both of which their seasons got washed out. They, you know, they've been able to play for a long time, yet they still have to gear up and get ready for what's next. So we're going to help them on a volleyball sense, help their national team get some competition, help their college teams get back on their feet. Um, but there's such a small part of what we really want to do. And I think what we want to do is we want to continue to bring awareness to what's happening down there. And that's the fact that the island was decimated, devastated, obliterated, um, infrastructure is gone. And yet in the news cycle, we've lost sight of the fact that one of our very own, I mean, American residents, um, you know, they're suffering. And so we cornered up With a wonderful charity. Uh, Dr. Uh, Jocelyn Hunter uh, is the founder of a charity called Awe Angel Wings. And what she does and what she's been doing since the storm set, she was the second plane to land in Puerto Rico after the storms. And food, water, um, canned goods, supplies, batteries, things, you know, she's been doing this every week or two weeks since the hurricanes hit. So having a chance through a mutual friend to meet her and knowing that we wanted to show solidarity with our own community and their families that are living in Puerto Rico, it really created a a wonderful opportunity for us to partner up uh, with Angel Wings and get this project going where we're going to do a ton of community service while we're down there playing. And that community service is going to be as simple as handing out the shipments when they land. Um, it's going to be putting together family packs that families can come get survival kits, get them through another few days. Um, doing clinics uh, with little kids in gyms that uh, are still falling apart. Wow. And there's just so many things that we feel like we can do that are little, that really in the world of, you know, what they need it's so small. But it's something that we can do, and so that really became the genesis of our project.
0: You have done um, a lot of work, even going back to you know your time back in USC and and Michigan State, doing a lot of you know work similar to this. But you know this takes on, I think, just like you mentioned, this is kind of taken on a whole new sort of meaning and and, and life of its own. Um, you coached uh, i know at least one player who uh who calls uh P- puerto rico their uh their home their home territory roxy mendez i know that we ucf has had uh several players from puerto rico as well Rey sante sante back uh in the early 2000s comes to mind have those alumni reached out to you about this and and have you t- and and and, hel- and helped out with getting involved as well as obviously with the current players too
3: we, we have talked to alumni, not only alumni here, but I've had players from Michigan State, um, from Southern California. They're uh, Puerto Rico's libero from this past Olympics. So the first Olympics they've ever made uh, had a libero that I coached at Southern Cal and had players at Southern California from Puerto Rico. So we're reaching out to everybody. And, you know, I think people are excited about what we're trying to do. I think we're starting – it's just starting to swell, the ground swell, of support um, with the local community understanding that um, UCF is behind the the people of Puerto Rico as well as the people that have got out of Puerto Rico and now settled into Orlando. We've obviously had a huge influx of people from Puerto Rico um, talking to many friends down there. They joked that the capital of Puerto Rico is now Orlando. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of truth to that because – there are um, hundreds of thousands of people that have moved into the central Florida area yeah. trying to escape what's happening down there right now. So I've been in contact with a lot of people and, and people are are stepping up and they're helping out. And uh, it's just really exciting to see how, how people are taking this. For me, this is now personal. This is not just charity work. I, we have, several people involved in our program, our volunteer assistant last year is Puerto Rican. His family is still down there. His, his brother is here, but his family's down there. I mean, so, the, I mean, this is personal at this point and I, I, I really want, I want our program. I want our athletic department. I want our university. I want our community to step up and, and do whatever it is that we can to continue supporting the recovery down there, and if nothing else, you know, I, I don't know that we're going to be able to fix the electrical grid. We, you know, we can't, we can't fix the fact that water's not running. Um, but what we can do is, uh, we can try to help them out on a day to day effort and continue with those those organizations and those foundations that are religiously flying things down to help support and you know get the basics to the people down there that needed most
0: yeah this is a definitely i mean it's it's been a worthy cause you know and and you're so right about what you said earlier about how it's just kind of fallen out of the news cycle and it's really a shame because these are also our fellow you know american citizens who are down there that are struggling and and uh you know just to meet day-to-day basic needs low on maslow's hierarchy if you will and Um, and it's amazing. So I, the big question to you now is what can we in the UCF community do to help?
3: Well, I think right now, the best thing that we can do is the volleyball team is still in the process of fundraising. So we can go and we're just finishing up that fundraising process. It looks like we're about seven or $8,000 short of our goal of $25,000. People can go right to ucfknights.com, click on volleyball, click on donate, There'll be more stories coming out about uh, other ways of donating. If people want to donate pallets of water or canned goods or things like that, um, we'll make sure that we include that information for the foundation um, where people can donate to that should they choose to do so. But uh, we're just at the front of this right now, and more information is going to start coming out on a weekly basis of how people can help. And I really hope that the community gets behind this. The one thing that we're really taking ownership of, and we're just about to launch this, is a clothing drive, because that's something that families need uh, as much as anything else. And so we're going to challenge students to clean out their closets at the end of the semester. I mean, you remember what it's like being in college. You really want to carry your clothes with you, right. you know, the old clothes you're not wearing anymore. What all, do those you do free, with them?
0: all those free t-shirts that you get from all those events in the first two weeks of the there semester. you go. Yeah.
3: Exactly. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to encourage students that are living in the dorms, living around campus, clean out your closet, bring it Uh, to a central, to uh, to a centralized area in a zone on campus and just leave the clothes and we'll take care of it from there. And so we're going to start a major clothing site here that we're about to announce and, uh, and we'll let people know through releases and through social media, the best way to uh, donate unwanted clothing. And I really hope that we can just bring tons and tons and tons of clothes for all ages Men and women, boys and girls, babies, and 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 just uh, get them on a chart, get everything on a chart and flight, and ship it down along with the food and water that goes down every couple weeks. So that's really our our push right now. As much as this is competitive, and we're going to get some competition out of this, obviously, you know, it gives Jordan Pingle and Christina Fisher a chance to get back out there and play since they've had their surgery. So there's certainly a, a volleyball component, but it pales in comparison to what the mission is here. Yeah, um, There's, 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 there's much, much, much bigger concerns that we're trying to address with this trip.
0: Good stuff. Well, I know that we're going to try our best to help out as much as we can in helping you get the word out. Um, and that clothing drive certainly is, is something that we're going to keep an eye out on too. I know, I know I personally am and Eric and Brian and Derek and the rest of us here at the Banneret We're going to help you out every way we can with that. And we hope that everyone that, uh, who listens to the podcast and hops on our social media channels and our website can also help out as well. So um, best of luck with the, uh, with the clothing – best of luck, obviously, with the clothing drive. Best of luck with the with the fundraising as well. And one more time where uh, UCF fans can uh, help out with the fundraising as well.
3: And just go to UCF.com, click on the volleyball where it says sports, and then there's going to be a button right there to donate – Uh, directly to our expenses going down but then i would say follow us on twitter at ucf underscore volleyball that is where all of the news releases are going to come out as things are happening and that is where they'll get their news on where they can donate clothes where they can donate food where they can donate water Um, we'll get that stuff out in a timely fashion so uh, please so those that are out there, you know, people that are being affected by this one way or another, or at least, you know, a relative of somebody that's being affected by this. And I hope that we can show that Orlando cares. I hope that we can show that we are Orlando's hometown team. And I hope that we can all step up and continue the efforts in the recovery of helping these people meet their basic needs. Because like you said, it's it's gone from the news cycle and they are still in desperate need of help.
0: Right on. So we'll be sure to help that out. Head coach Todd Dagenay of UCF Volleyball. Also, don't forget to follow him at UCF. Uh, excuse me, uh, UCFVB Todd. Is that right on Twitter?
3: You got it. Uh, everything that we do, whether it's through UCF Knights uh, or at UCF Volleyball, also goes through my Twitter. So at UCFVB Todd, and then of course our volleyball is at UCF underscore volleyball so uh, they can follow us along there, and, and we hope that they uh, continue to track our progress on this.
0: Spot on, Todd. Thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
3: Sounds good. Thank you.
0: All right, thanks to Todd. Uh, UCF underscore volleyball is the Twitter handle. UCFVB Todd is his Twitter handle. That's where they're um, going to be pumping out a lot of information. And if you uh, go to the UCF Volleyball uh, page on ucfknights.com, or you follow them on Twitter. You can. Uh, there are several links out there where you can actually um, donate for the Puerto Rico tour, uh, and keep an eye out for the news that Todd is going to be pushing out for uh, the clothing drive. So, such a great cause, and I know that I have a bunch of um, clothing that I'm looking to donate as well. Um, yeah, and uh, it, and you know, it, if we can, as as much as we can, help UCL volleyball, you know, reach their mission of trying to help the people of Puerto Rico. Uh, who are st- it's unbelievable in the United States that we're st- that they're still recovering from the storm? Um, that it, it, it's a worthy cause; it really is. So we'll be keeping an eye on that and trying to push as much information as it comes to us um, throughout the rest of the uh, throughout the entire time. So, all right. Um, by the way, uh, I wanted to flip back to the Big Three thing real quick. You know who G. Rain Taylor's Taylor's uh, head coach is going to be with the Ball Hogs in the Big Three League?
1: Oh God, the anticipation. Oh
0: yeah. Rick Barry. Oh Rick Barry. S- sort of like unofficial NBA exile Rick Barry. You know, so that's Can we be, try uh, to
2: can we try to get the Ice Cube, the commissioner? Is he the commissioner of the league, right? He's the commissioner. I know he's the owner of the league. Maybe he's not the commissioner I don't know who's the commissioner. Well if he the league, owns the
0: league, a- he can be whatever the heck he wants to be.
2: But well, we need to bring them on. Let's bring on. I know. Hey, let's bring them on. Talk about JT, and then talk about the old NWA. That's all I'm saying. Oh boy,
0: I will say also this. That's a
1: actually that's a great idea. I really don't want to cut that off because I think we should definitely have a podcast with Ice Cube talking about the NWA right now. I don't care. Um, but Big Three Play starts in June. There is a week in July, July 20th. The Big Three will Play out of the American Airlines Arena in Miami. So if you oh, probably want to see Jermaine, oh, okay. that's your best chance. All right. Good. There, there No Orlando dates? No, no. They that's got boring. a lot of Houston, Houston, Chicago, Oakland, Detroit, Toronto, Boston, Atlanta, Dallas, Shh, Brooklyn, Shh. Dallas, yeah. Brooklyn. Ah oh, man,
0: L A. Did I hear L A. in that?
1: No, the closest they get to L A. is Oakland. They play in the Oracle. So maybe we'll we'll definitely. No step- I mean,
0: that's surprising. Okay, I mean, I mean we it's need, Oakland. You got. We I need mean, to have, ice need to have them down here in Orlando. We need to make this happen somehow. I don't know how, but we need to make this happen. Again,
1: that's all about you and Ice Cube getting together on this podcast, and you know, well, working Ice it Cube, out.
0: You, listen, man, Orlando's a place to be. We'll help you out. So, all right. Um, I wanted to uh, catch up on some other things uh, real quick while we have the opportunity. Um, and uh, Todd uh, Todd Dagenais did uh, mention this, and it actually is official. Uh, Pauline Perez signs, uh, or excuse me, Pauline Perez signs a, uh, a national letter of intent for UCF volleyball. Paulina. Is an outside hitter from uh, Colegio San Benito in Guanica, Puerto Rico. So, um, quite the Puerto Rico pipeline for UCF volleyball, uh, especially over the last uh, twenty years. So, I know Todd was really excited about that signing. So, congratulations to uh, Paulina Perez. Um, UCF uh, tennis, real quick. Men's tennis uh, is uh, well. Right now, they are at uh, where they they're ten and eight. And they have one match to go. They lost at Memphis uh, uh, 4 to nothing. They have one match to go at the USTA National Campus that's at, that's against USF on uh, Sunday, uh, April the 15th on Tax Day. So if you want to have one more chance to catch men's tennis. Uh, and uh, by the way, Warren I, four points on the line for that. So um, that's the last opportunity that you'll have for men's tennis. Women's tennis, by the way, Eric Lopez, 17-2. and two. Um, they just continue to roll. Their next match will be uh, Friday against Tulsa on the road, and then at Wichita State on Sunday. Um, before and that wraps the regular season for them. Before they play in the American Athletic Conference Championships on Wednesday, April 18th in Dallas. So that's what that's how that will be starting. Spring football and again, yo, yeah, go ahead.
2: I'm going to say this again. Not, hey, I'm going to say this every time we talk women's tennis. They're undefeated. Since what happened, Jeff?
0: Since we had Brian
2: Canico on. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's all Look, I'm saying. Just, that's all I'm saying. Just pointing All you out. coaches and future guests, good things tend to – good karma comes when you come here on the banner
0: app. That's, that's, right. that's all I'm saying. Um, spring football, April 21st, um, right around the corner. By the way, you talked about um, Greg Lovelady and uh, and Coach Gillespie and the, and the move to help get alumni more involved. How about um, – uh, uh, uh Josh Hypo reaching out to a lot of alumni from what I've been hearing over at football and Mike Kruzak stopped by practice uh this past mm-hmm. week did you see that Yes yeah. I was cool up there. that was cool now, now he's now he's he coaches locally uh at high school and um he was at uh, at Trinity Prep but and I drive past every day but um and seems to be you know really really enjoying it out there but um, but it was good to see Coach Kruzek who, by the way, is still built like a tank out there on the UCF uh, football field. So it was nice seeing um, the doors open to some uh, to some familiar names from UCF Pass. And and props to Coach Typo for doing that. Also, some former players have been um, they've been reaching out to as well. Um, so we're hoping that they continue to do that. All right. Um, Let me ask you this real quick. Before, yeah. before you move on, I'm curious, both of you. Do you think maybe –
2: you know, Cruzex at practice. Could we see it down the road where maybe Mike Cruzex honored at a game at halftime or, you know, acknowledged or, or something like that? Could you see I would, that? Uh, I would hope
0: he would possibility. Be. I would hope he would be. Yeah. I mean, well, why not? You know, the, the um, yeah, I, I mean, considering, you know, the, the length of time that he was there, he was there at a very pivotal time for UCF football. I'd be in favor of that. Well, is he gonna have a
1: statue? <laughs> is he is he gonna have a statue?
0: No, um, oh, I wouldn't put a statue. Man, I, 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 I hate saying. that. I don't know. <laughs> wow, man,
2: Gosh, Murph's getting ready harsh. for '90s night in uh, baseball, going heelish there. Uh, that's a little uh, <laughs> heel going like you yeah. know, going in you know, yeah. kind of NWO
0: ass there. Uh, a statue, bringing up the statue. Wow, uh, track and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna leave that right there. Track <laughs> and field. <laughs> Track and field is back in Gainesville on Friday for the Tom Jones Memorial. It's a one-day event uh, up in Gainesville. Of course, they, they just had the Pepsi Relays two weeks ago. Um, the Pepsi Florida Relays two weeks ago that, that, that UCF performed at. And then uh, next week they're at Auburn for the uh, War Eagle Invitational. So um, mid-May is the American Athletic Conference uh, uh, championships in uh, track and field outdoor. And uh, uh, rowing uh, actually is at Clemson uh, on Saturday and Sunday for a, a big meet up there. The Clemson Invitational um, and Clemson usually a national power in rowing. So we'll see how UCF stacks up uh, against the Tigers and the other competition there. All right, let's uh, wrap this thing up, boys. What do you guys, uh, Murph, we'll start with you. What do you have in, uh, what do you have in the hopper this week?
1: I am currently working on a UCF Baseball Notebook, uh, kind of previewing the Cincinnati series and just kind of spotlighting some things that are happening with the team right now, stand-up performers and things to watch this weekend. So I'm currently working on that. That'll be up in the morning. Has the Friday team
0: thought out from UConn? You know, all that kind of stuff. Well, they
1: had that night in Miami. I yeah. think, yeah, I think it was, was sufficient amount of time.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> good yeah. thing for that. Uh, Elo, what do you have?
2: All right, so I'm calling the weekend series, UCF against Memphis, big series on UCF Nights TV, Friday, mm-hmm. 5.30, Saturday, 2 o'clock, Sunday, uh, 11 a.m. Alumni weekend should be fun. Encourage everybody to come out and check that out. If you go to fastpitchnews.com, you see my in-depth feature on Allison Kime and Angel Shamblin, Kime, former UCF pitcher. Big rivalry with Shamblin going back to UCF and Houston. Both teams, by the way, both schools. I mentioned earlier, UCF's honoring the 08 team on Saturday. Houston's honoring their 08 team on Sunday. They're playing Wichita State. So I went in-depth, talked to Angel and Allison about their rivalries and how both of them overcame very significant and serious injuries early in their careers that many thought would derail their careers that almost didn't happen. Uh, so really enjoyed that doing, talking to both of them and having an in-depth piece. That's on fastpitchnews.com. It's a softball site, but uh, UCF, they're related there with Allison there. So yeah. kind of encourage you people to be uh, working on that. And uh yeah, I'm just doing it in the softball mode and uh now probably gonna be following the Aaron Boone uh well, you know firing watch list here oh, going, God. right? In the next
0: few days. I mean oh, that's, I'm just big, posing I'll... the question like like Jeff you know... Jeff, who do you who do you have replacing Aaron Boone in the next week? Uh Larry Rothschild. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Oh <yeah>, yeah. Joe <laughs> G- Joe Girardi. Joe
0: Girardi.
2: <laughs> 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 Joe Girardi. Yeah, bring him back. You know, Joe's doing well. I'm, Joe Girardi on MLB Network. By the way, it'll be uh, weather forecast. Uh, looks pretty good Friday, Saturday for baseball and softball. Sunday could be tricky. Uh, I know there's some concerns about weather. That's like that's one of the reasons why baseball's at noon and softball's at eleven AM. So make a note of that. Well, say so you,
1: you got- know what I enjoy about you know what I enjoy about this podcast is that we we stick to UCF sports and then we have like fifteen minutes where we just talk about something that's completely irrelevant to UCF. We did it with the NFL rules like a couple weeks ago, and then we had a huge, <laughs> I tried to we had keep a that huge. <laughs> I mean, we well, I mean, it was it was it was what it was what it is. Uh, <laughs> and then we did have a wrestling a WrestleMania preview, which was tied into the article I wrote uh, at BlackGoldBannerRight But really, it was about wrestling. And then today, it's been all about Aaron Boone and ragging on Jeffrey for firing Aaron Boone ten and games weather. in the season, and weather, and, and, and it, really, and I mean, if you're not if, if you're not following, you know Mike Seidel and Jim Cantori. I mean, I really. So I, I do enjoy that. Like you get a lot of UCF stuff, and then you get like at least twenty minutes of just random, just random. By, by I the like way, it. It's fun.
2: By the way, by the way, I encourage everybody to go to BlackAndGoBanner.com and read the the feature in case you haven't that Murph did on Greg Lovelady and WrestleMania. It's a really good in depth piece. I thought it was uh, so cool. It's one
0: of the coolest things we've done.
2: Probably yes, I 100 percent agree, and I definitely believe it's better. It was better than the actual WrestleMania
1: main event. Which uh, oh, that's that's. I am not a fan of my own writing, and I
0: and I will co-sign that statement. I'm putting that one away. Yeah, I'm putting that one away. You guys start your own wrestling podcast. The-
2: <laughs> <laughs> are you coming to the game Friday night? By the way, Jeff, are you coming out? We've decided this is '90s night. They're encouraging fans. Uh, to wear wrestling uh, gear right merch its wrestling fans wear wrestling like 90s attire basically fans right sure. that's kind of the theme <laughs> uh, sure you yeah. got shirts i don't i have any Jim Ross. Man-
0: i don't have any mankind t-shirts uh, you want me
2: you want me to you want me to lend no, you my stone it's cold, cold, cold Steve Austin shirt really Ross
0: okay it's really all right i'm good thanks <laughs> but I'm looking forward. I'll, I'll be sure to be there, like four, five thirty, an hour,
1: hour and a half, just so I don't miss any of the festivities or whatever is going to happen. Which may not be anything, but I still want to be there.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be. I, I I know they're gonna have some crazy <laughs> stuff to read off on the on the uh, on the uh, in the in between reads. But all right, let's wrap this thing up and get out of here. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us at blackandgoldbanneret.com, where you have all the latest wrestling. I mean UCF news. Um, you can hit us <laughs> up at uh, at facebook.com slash black and gold banneret. And at, Big you,
2: Three League. Don't forget, yeah, Big Three News now.
0: And UCF and underscore banneret on Twitter. Uh, follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. Follow Eric at Eric Lopez. Elo. Follow Brian at spokes underscore Murphy. And uh, you can also download this podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Thanks once again to Todd Dagenet. His time and the effort that uh, UCF Volleyball is putting in uh, for the uh, people of Puerto Rico. Follow him at UCF VB Todd. That's UCF VB Todd. Uh, and also follow UCF Volleyball at UCF underscore volleyball. Also, big thanks to Ian McDougal for helping set, set that up uh, this week as well. That will do it for us for Eric and Brian. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast.